0: Hey everybody, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. It is the 16th of February, 2023, and on today's show, the charges against Chris Beard have been dropped. What does it mean for the future of the former Texas Tech and Texas Longhorns uh, head men's basketball coach? Also, Iowa State gets a big result tonight and a little bit of an update on the latest on the Pac-12 TV rights and also what it means for conference expansion. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast today, brought to you all by the FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, Make sure you guys subscribe to the show, trying to get to, I think, what, 3,400 by the end of February, so you guys subscribe. That will help us reach that goal. Uh, I have the smaller mic today. Uh, Pat Bradley from the from former Arkansas sharpshooter and also the SEC Network and SiriusXM uh, did not have a cord or a mixer or anything, so I lent Pat mine for the day here in, in Little Rock, Arkansas so the shooter could do his XM show. We have a small mic. It's still good enough uh, for today, but just being a, a kind soul. Uh, make sure you guys can also be kind souls by once again subscribing, following us on Twitter at LOB12 and following me at Josh Neighbors uh, underscore on, on Twitter. So we've done a lot of the conference expansion stuff, guys. There are plenty of episodes in our feeds about that. We'll have an update later. But I would like to kind of go away from that for today's show because we got this Chris Beard news. And also, too, I think it's just nice to step away from that and pay attention to some of the sports that are happening because uh, softball, baseball have kicked off or baseball or softball as baseball kicks off this weekend, obviously. Some big stuff happening uh, across the Big 12 footprint down in Dallas college baseball showdown. There's a whole lot going on. Also big 12 hoops. They have uh, ramp up for what is a massive weekend coming up, excuse me, massive weekend in the big 12. But we got the news today that, <clears throat> excuse me, the district attorney in Austin, Texas has dropped the charges. Uh, the felony domestic violence charges against former Longhorns men's basketball coach, Chris Beard, in part, in part because of the alleged victim victim's wishes not to prosecute. Travis County District Attorney Jose Garza said that after a review of the evidence and considering the wishes of Randy True, Beard's fiance, his office determined the charge of assault by strangulation, suffocation, family violence could not be proved beyond a reasonable doubt. Beard was arrested December 12th after True called 911 and told officers Beard strangled, bit, and hit her during a confrontation in his home. She later said Beard acted in self-defense and that she never wanted him prosecuted. Quote, "...everyone knows that Coach Beard has maintained his absolute innocence since the moment he was arrested," said Perry Minton, Beard's attorney. Additionally, this district attorney has a well-earned reputation for being very tough regarding domestic violence cases. The fact that Mr. Garza's review resulted in this determination so quickly says a lot. We are very pleased." Garza defended his office's record of pursuing domestic violence cases, noting it has secured more than 1,000 convictions in family violence cases since 2020. It's a lot uh, since 2021, according to the police affidavit in support of Beard's arrest. True initially told officers he strangled her from behind to the point where she couldn't breathe for several seconds. The affidavit listed several visible signs of an altercation, including leg bite marks on her arm and abrasions on her face. According to the affidavit, True initially told the police, quote, he choked me, bit me, bruised me all over, all over my leg, throwing me around and going nuts. Her later statement did not address why she called 911 or several of the physical injuries described in her police report. Uh, So Texas then found him unfit. I guess the next step is we'll see, is Chris Beard going to go after that money maybe from Texas, but Texas There is a morality clause, I believe, in that contract that said they do anything that kind of makes he's involved in the situation that makes the university look bad. They can get rid of him. They offered him the chance to step down. He said no. Uh, They fired him pretty promptly after that. It sounds like this was not a decision that Chris Del Conte made. This was made by the higher ups at the University of Texas. And uh, this is obviously a very difficult topic. It is an uncomfortable topic for me to talk about sometimes. Not that I'm saying I'm personally affected, but I think it's an uncomfortable topic. Um, Here is what I will say There are a lot of folks out there Who are saying now the charges are dropped So this has cleared Chris Beard To return to coaching I do not agree with that Um, I think when you look at the Initial statement And what the police took down And then the statement following It does follow a pattern That sometimes we see Of people who are victims of domestic violence Reneging on what they said Now also, people have lied before It's happened um, you know, I think with this particular situation, the details were pretty grim. Um, I think I would start there and just saying, you know, I don't want any part of this if I'm a university or a coach or whatever, or, you know, hiring a coach. Uh, I think there are desperate programs that will go after him, but I think it's besides the point of what I'm, I'm talking about right here. I just want to note this too, guys, this, this incident was not like the most shocking thing that ever occurred in the entire world. Um, from what I've heard from people in the know, and also Jeff Goodman said this too, it sounds like there's some volatility with that relationship. I think even Chip Brown said this. He said, look, you know, you talk to people around Texas Tech and it sounds like uh, volatility was not something that was uncommon when it came to this relationship and it bubbled up and um, something happened here. It sounds like, you know, I talked to somebody else this morning who said, you know, this was not shocking. You know, uh, uh, there have been some, some stats before. So, It seems like a situation that once again has had some volatility to it. And look, you know, if you're going to hire him again, you need to see what that situation's like. Are those two going to remain together? Um, You know, and it sounds like they are right now, at least. It'd be concerning for me. There are programs out there that would give him a shot. I think there are plenty of mid-major programs that are going to vet him. And uh, a SOCON school, a school in the MAC, M-A-A-C, west coast conference um mac that that version of the mac right there are schools that could hire him much like iona hired one rick patino right he's done very well there but he's not been able to find his way back into the top level ranks of division one college basketball chris Beard's situation is a little bit worse than that uh, now on football side, we have right. Hugh Freeze, obviously Bobby Petrino has found his way back in. Uh, Art Bryles has not. Kendall Bryles has. So there are different cases that vary. Um, I think when it comes to the the mid-major schools, there's a chance to get back in. I don't think there is. I, I'm skeptical of power five school hires him right away. Uh, the number one candidate for doing this, in my opinion, would be Louisville. I think Louisville would be the number one candidate to do it because of how desperate they are. They want to win basketball. And obviously things have gone so poorly for them. Uh, Ole Miss is most likely going to be parting ways with one Kermit Davis at the end of the season. I don't know if they'd go in this direction. Um, I wouldn't if I was them, but I've made that point pretty clear. Uh, we'll see what their desperation level is to win in men's basketball. It has not been really high in the past. So I think this is an interesting test case. And I hate to say that for a situation like this, but this can be a good test case for modern college athletics. Where the money is massive. Winning is a priority. How much are you willing to put up with? I've said this time and time again, guys, like I, I wouldn't want anything to do with it. I I wouldn't, I just, I wouldn't touch it. Um, He is a damn good basketball coach. He is a fantastic basketball coach, but I don't want somebody who's in a situation like that, who uh, put himself in a spot where the police had to be called to his house three a.m. in the morning and we're finding bite marks and signs of strangulation on a significant other. I don't want to deal with a situation that I've I've heard has been volatile. And I'm sure people have talked about volatile before now, especially that we've had an incident a run -in, in the university of Texas, a large institution has fired him. And also going on the Texas thing, like, It's hard to argue Texas made the wrong call from a success standpoint because their team is talented, but they've met expectations and gone above expectations if you think about what's happened to them. But they've met expectations here. They're tied for first place in the Big 12 Conference, the toughest basketball conference in the country here on February 16th. They're tied with Baylor, national championship in the last three years, Kansas, your reigning national champion. They are tied with those schools at the top of the league. Now we'll see what happens come tournament time once again. Expectations and te- Texas athletics have not always been two things that have gone hand in hand. But I think for them, they they you know luckily for Texas, things have gone well, and so we don't have to hear somebody coach's conversation about oh, it shouldn't have you know Roddy Terry's doing a horrible job. It shouldn't have gotten rid of Chris Beard. Luckily, things are going really well there right now. But Chris Beard is a fantastic basketball coach. I will not deny that. There's no way you can argue that. But if we're talking about somebody who is coaching a uh, group of young men and we're supposed to think that they're student athletes and you're supposed to be guiding them towards their future. I'm not wanting somebody who could potentially set a horrific example and potentially be a fraud uh, for what he, you know, kind of preached about, you know, the, the kind of family atmosphere around his teams. I don't want somebody who's involved in that. I just, or potentially could be involved in that. I don't think the juice is worth the squeeze. Um, you might say, well, he won a national championship. So it might be, yeah, but like, I don't want the constant talk about my program and what you sacrifice to get where you are to win, you know, winning at all costs. Like, there are good coaches out there that can win at most costs, and the cost does not have to be potentially, uh, you know, being somebody who's involved with domestic violence. Um, and once again, this goes back to the fact that guys, just because charges were dropped and, and she re them once she said, does not mean that there is not a problem there, does not mean that there are not issues there. All right, And that's just something I wouldn't want to mess with. Sorry. You know, it's just and, and that's your and actually, you no, know, you don't have to be sorry. That's your prerogative as an athletic director. If you want to vet this guy like that is absolutely your prerogative to do so. And Chris Beers has to find his way to a second chance. Do I think he'll get one? Yes. Do I Would, I, would it be at my school? No. But you might say, Josh, well, that's why you'd be a terrible A.D. Sure, whatever. But you know what? I'll, I'll go to bed at night knowing that I didn't hire somebody potentially involved with something like that. Oh, say innocent until proven guilty guys. There are t- not every criminal gets caught in this country. All right. It's not how that, that's not how it works. I know we're supposed to presume innocence, but come on now, if she's going back on what she said, she clearly does not want to be prosecuted. She's not going to cooperate. You know, how do we corroborate anything that happened? If Chris Beard denies it, if she then denies what she said, and all we have is that police report, those two people are the only people who are there. That's how this thing is going to work. And uh, that's how it's going to go down. So, That's what makes all of this very difficult in a very sticky situation um, all the way around. But there are schools out there that will take a chance, I think. Uh, You know, once again, like Louisville, I don't think they would. Uh, Georgia Tech, right? They might become open. Uh, You know, they're they're in that list of power five schools that were floating becoming open this year. Uh, Ole Miss, as I mentioned before. So we'll see. But I'm not – if Pat Chambers goes somewhere else – would a Penn state do it? I, I don't know. I, I, once again, I know that I wouldn't do it. All right. Um, and so this, is this situation we to have to track, but obviously he's very prominent for what he accomplished in this league. Uh especially especially what he accomplished in, in at Texas tech. All right. Quick word from our sponsors on today's show. We are brought to you all by the FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel Sportsbook is the number one sportsbook in America. You guys can go to FanDuel today. What you guys can do is uh, you guys go to Fandle.com slash locked on and you guys can place a first bet. And you guys can also get some uh, get some money back if that bet misses. So once again, uh, Fandle.com slash locked on. It's the best interface, in my opinion, in all of sports wagering. Uh, so check it out. Fandle Sportsbook. Check that out today. I want to thank them for being the official sports betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, folks. So last night, big contest last night between Iowa State and TCU. Iowa State gets the job done against the Horn Frogs, who, you know, you're starting, you're really starting to worry about where that team's going to be. I'll, I'll say this again because of where I was before on this. Um, I had said consistently, you know, in the beginning, uh, when we first saw them, when we saw them beat Kansas. I think this team showed enough of a punch, in my opinion, to be a Final Four team at full strength. When you think about all of the guys that they have—Miles, Miller, Ball, Lampkin, O'Bannon, uh, you know Cork, Peavy—you uh, know all these guys, Coles, all these guys—they have. I thought they had a really good chance of making something happen. They need Mike Miles back desperately. They got 21 minutes of Eddie Lampkin. And he fouled three times, but they're not where they need to be with the injuries. And the the problem is we're seeing this right now. Actually, it's funny we are mentioning this because I'm I'm covering the Hogs, Arkansas, and seeing them, they're trying to reassimilate a guy in in uh, Nick Smith Jr., who is ostensibly, I mean, he's more talented player than Mike Miles is, but he's also a lot younger player, he's not played that much college basketball. They are trying to reassimilate him into their lineup, and they've had a lot of guys who are freshmen but played a lot of minutes, like Jordan Walsh and Anthony Black and Ricky Council and Devo Davis. They're trying to reassimilate these guys back into it, but it's just difficult to do. Now, I think, once again, Miles has the luxury of having played with Lampkin and Ball and O'Bannon and, o- and Miller, you know, all at least for one season, plus for more for some of the other guys. So this is a guy that's had a lot of success. You know, it's, it's had success with these other teammates. I think they should have knocked off Arizona last year, and we saw him, or you know, the, the running frogs run train over uh you know over ku and you just hope they have enough time because now we're facing a situation for tcu where you look at the rest of their schedule they've got one two three four five uh five games left oklahoma state and kansas both at home at texas tech tcu and at ou as my as my ac now comes on it's blowing very very loudly so sorry folks uh we'll have the show here pretty soon anyway So they've got to deal with all of that right now. And that makes for a very difficult situation with those playing, you know, the high level competition, but also having to bring back your best basketball player. Now, I, once again, I think this is a bit of a a better transition, but staying in shape and basketball shape are two totally separate things. And that's what the Horn Frogs are going to have to square if and when they get Mike Miles back and ready to go. But you don't want to rush him back. But now you know you get five games regular season and they're going to get a big 12 tournament game as well, but they've dropped below 500 in the league. And once again, I'm, I'm not saying it's the most alarming thing in the world because we know what this team is capable of, but right now they're on a four game losing streak. They've lost five of their last six. And uh, you know, really, you know, they don't have too many signature wins right now without a Mike miles in the rotation in the, in the lineup. Now he's that special of a player. You know, we're right now. You got a lot of good role guys, but they just have not been able to pick up the slack in a meaningful way. But it's difficult to do in this in this kind of a league. So there's a lot of questions there. Iowa State, like I, I don't know. I mean, once again, like Hilton Magic has been great to them. They're still fourth in the league. They they just dropped that first home game. Let's see what happens this week when they go on the road because now they play at KSU and at Texas. Then they have Oklahoma and West Virginia and at Baylor. So. They've got three road games against top 12 opponents still left for them on the year. I don't like that proposition for Iowa state, but still it's really good. It's a, they're a good team. It's a good win. They'll be able to lock teams down. They just, without that dominant score, you're always wondering how far they can go in the tournament. I think it's the next step for this program, but Otzelberger's in a great job once again, this season. All right. Uh, One more quick note. Everything's going off my house right now. One more quick note on this. So, Want to double back to the conversation on the Pac-12 yesterday that we were having about how good this basketball program and this team, uh, how, how good they can be, right? Um, you know, uh, um, or excuse me, how good they can be, the program can be. Uh, about where this uh, this this situation to go with them and television rights, right? So where are they going to end up with their TV rights situation? And one thing I didn't count yesterday we talked about was the fact that Turner and CBS could be out because they got priced out. That is possible. That is true. Amazon could be thinking that. And also ESPN could be thinking that, hey, we, you know, we're going to outbid them. Um, and I also think Josh Pate made a great point too, that look, the Pac-12 can be had for cheap and you can go in and basically own an entire conference. The problem is nobody really seems too eager to go own the entire conference, the entire league. It's a great opportunity. I agree with that, but nobody seems too eager to that. I think that's something that we should watch here. Once again, every day that we go on, the situation gets more dire for the Pac 12. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at LO Big 12. You guys can follow the show at Josh or follow me personally at Josh Neighbors underscore. We'll have the normal mic back tomorrow. The next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.